Hi, this is your co-host, Austin. As the producer and engineer of Helen High Horror, I always strive to bring you, the listeners, the best sound quality possible. This means that while editing every episode of Helen High Horror, I need headphones that deliver clear, balanced sound. That's one reason why I use Studio headphones. Studio's on-ear Regent model delivers the clarity and balanced sound that I need when listening to audio. These headphones work completely wirelessly. They connect to any device with Bluetooth, but they can also be connected to a standard auxiliary cord. Studio offers several different earbud models as well, and right now, you can use the code HIGHHORROR, H-I-G-H-H-O-R-R-O-R, to get 15% off any purchase with free shipping worldwide. Go to studio.com, S-U-D-I-O.com to use the code HIGHHORROR and get 15% off your pair of headphones now. This audio program may contain descriptions of violence and topics that may not be suitable for everyone. Please listen with caution. Do you know what the most frightening thing in the world is? It's fear. I'm not gonna hurt you. I'm just gonna bash your brains. Why, she wouldn't even harm a fly. So we have news to talk about. Mm hmm. Because. <laughs> Rippy has no idea what the news is. Yeah. I, I didn't think preface it, yeah, this I think anything. I do, but it could be anything. She could be like, I got new socks. And they are incredible. <laughs> be like, news. News. Everything is news to us. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, Golden State Killer. Yes. Oh mm-hmm. my God, it's so exciting. <laughs> and I know every podcast is talking about this. Right. But uh, my daylight, a dollar short. Yeah, but whatever. that's just how we are. Yeah, you still want to hear about it? I know you do. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's just exciting. Then it's for the first day I was like ignoring everything. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm not even gonna look at it because God forbid they were like, it's, it's not so wrong. Him. Yeah, yeah. Then I'd be like fucking pissed. So I was like, mm-hmm. I'm gonna wait a day and see if it's still like he's still the guy. Yeah. And then it was. I was so excited. Did you see the um? The meme I posted on our Instagram. Yes. <laughs> so funny. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, and now that means that all the DNA testing things mm-hmm. are shared with law enforcement. Of course they are. That's crazy. They've always been. Have they been? Yeah. That's such a... I guess it's probably in the fine print. Yeah, I think you know? it probably is. I mean, it's DNA great, is. but it's also terrifying. Well, yeah, just don't do things that are illegal. <laughs> or or your, you know, second cousins. Or yeah, doing things but that like, are you know, then it's like, well, fuck your second cousin. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, Mike got his DNA tested, mm-hmm. and he doesn't know any of his biological relatives. Right, so it could have been so like... So he could have fucked them over, yeah. you know? Or he could have just found out, like, what if he was, like, I don't know, like Ted Bundy's cousin. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> Something like that. It's like, oh no, traps. Yeah. I don't want to know this. I don't know if they put what serial killers you're related to in the breakdown. That's what I want to know. We'll start a new one. Serial it's killer and me. only that. Serial killer and me. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if it's true, it's a huge ending. Yeah. I think it is true. Yeah. It was 100% 
match. DNA match, yeah. Uh-huh. Did you listen to the My Favorite Murder? Where they I listened to, to, like, half of it. Did you listen to when they were talking on the phone? No. Oh, yeah. He was like, I'm 100% sure it had to be through familial DNA. Mm-hmm. So. So, yeah, but that means that it could be anyone in the family. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. then he was like, what probably happened is they tested whatever, his second cousin or whatever. Mm-hmm. DNA, and then they just started eliminating people from the family and mm-hmm. eventually got to him. Yeah. And that's how they found him. And it mm-hmm. just took... Wow. So crazy. I mean, reading the book, you're like, they have this DNA. How could they not mm-hmm. find this guy? Like, the whole time. And then you get to the end, and you're like, I knew they weren't going to find him, but you're still disappointed that they didn't find him. Yeah. You're and, like, oh. And doesn't it seem like... You're a... A teacher. Mm-hmm. You have to get your fingerprints taken. Mm-hmm. Do you have to get your DNA taken? No. No? Because it seems like if you need to be fingerprinted, they should probably take your DNA, and police officers should probably do it, too. Well, <laughs> yeah. For fingerprints, you have to go to a fingerprinting site. Yeah. It's not a DNA site. But they do a background mm-hmm. check. But that means only the crimes you've ever been convicted of. Yes. Are there or not? Because not I, the ones you got away with. Well, also <laughs> I guess technically they don't want to do DNA because, like, what if I had been raped or something like that, mm-hmm. and my DNA is on file that way? Then yeah. every time I apply to a new job, it's I have to go up. through that, mm-hmm. being like, no, I was, I'm a victim. Yeah, but that, but it, there should be a way to be like, oh, this is the DNA of the victim, you know? So it's like, yeah, eh. it's like this isn't the DNA of a murderer, right? <laughs> I mean. It's just like when people are like, I don't want CCTV. It's like, but if you didn't do anything wrong, then it doesn't matter. Like, Yeah. So, like, taking DNA, they should just fucking take DNA when you're born. Oh, yeah. It doesn't change. They mm-hmm. should just automatically take everyone's DNA when they're born. Yeah. If they that... ever commit a crime, it's like, oh, no, that's against my right. It's like, you don't have the right to commit crimes. <laughs> that's true. not what... You don't have that right. Yeah. Well, it would have to be extremely secured so no one could pull any funny business. The whole thing would be like, that would be the issue. It's like, well, what if they get whatever? Mm -hmm. But at least you'd have a guess. At Mm -hmm. least you could then have a match to someone and be like, oh, well, it matches this DNA. Let's find evidence against him as well. Not like. It shouldn't be the only, it shouldn't create tunnel vision. Right. But it would be very helpful to be like, oh, well, this is what. You know? Mm-hmm. Then you could always threaten your kid with that, too. It's like, I, I gave DNA. them your DNA. Don't the, fuck it up. The problem <laughs> would then be, I think, is that people would just start stealing other people's DNA and putting them at crime scenes, yeah. probably. Yeah. But, but Which, still, I mean, you could do it. You could still you could do, do it, it now, now anyway. so it doesn't matter. <laughs> but, yeah. I'd yeah. give my DNA. If someone, if someone came to my door and was like, there was a crime two blocks over. We're just taking everyone's DNA. I'd be like, okay, cool. What do you need? Some hair? What do you yeah. Like, I wouldn't be like, no, you can't have my DNA. Mm-hmm. You leave your DNA everywhere. Yeah. They could get it one way or another. Also, though, I'm very privileged and I'm white. As an yeah. African American, I might not, especially in Absolutely. our town, I might not be like, no, you can't, you know, I might yeah, be like, no, no you can't have my white. DNA. Because then, you know, the what chances if they put it are, there? They what could, if they, yeah. yeah. But as a white person, yes, I would be like, no. <laughs> so like when my brothers who are white men are like that's against my right it's like what are you doing well your brothers are probably doing something yeah it's <laughs> like just stop doing what you're doing yeah. in the daylight like cctv isn't gonna be in your house you got to do something illegal do it in your house yeah jesus just do it in your house you know because my brother's advice. first thing is like well they're gonna arrest me smoking pot 
Mm. And it's like, well, then don't do it out in the fucking daylight where there's a camera, you idiot. Yeah. Like, where are you smoking? What are you, smoking pot on the train? Like, where are you smoking <laughs> pot where there's going to be a TV? Yeah. Also, that's don't make issue. it look like a joint. And yeah. then you can't, they can't like, tell prove the difference. it. You know what oh, I mean? Oh, my gosh. That's his issue. Of it's course like, it is. It's like, this is to help solve murders and yeah. horrible rapes. Oh, yeah. And you're upset because you might get caught smoking pot. Mm-hmm. Idiot. Which may be legal here soon. But then, you know, they should release everyone who's ever been arrested for it. They but, should. Um, that's a whole other situation. And plus, my brothers are... <laughs> my, my brother the other day yelled at me. He was like, I don't need to look at your tampons while I'm going to the bathroom because my box of tampons is out. It's not Wait, like clean under... tampons? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, just the bo- He's like, I don't need to know that you're on your period. And I was like... I'm not. Well, yeah, <laughs> well, like, I was, well, yeah. but like, also, it's not. But I was like, it's it's, uh, you're, it's cotton. <laughs> yeah, I like was it's... like, you're right. I have to bleed out of my vagina and shove a tampon up it five times a day, but you get to get skeeved out because you have to look at the box. <laughs> The box, which is displayed in public places yeah. like stores. <laughs> what? And he was like, "I don't need to know you're on your period." And I was like, "Well." If anything, it should help you feel better. He's like, I don't want to think about what it implies. And I was like, it implies, if anything, it implies that I'm not having sex. <laughs> it's so true. You should love to look at it. Yeah. You it, should love to. It's not like you're looking at my condom stash or anything no. like that. It's like, it's just a box. You should switch to um the cups and then leave them out and see how yeah. you feel. I'll leave them out. Now I'm just going to leave them out dirty. Yeah. No, <laughs> disgusting. It's just like, there's no place in my bathroom to put it. Where I can reach it from the bat, like, so, like, if I was on the toilet and I was like, oh, fuck, I need to change my tampon, mm-hmm. God forbid, then I'd have to, like, take care of everything and then go all the way over to the cabinet. So it's, like, just and easier drip. to put it on the back of the toilet. It's like. Yeah, it's so, it, that's where they belong. Yeah. What are we talking about? <laughs> Not that. <laughs> Not that. Not my home issues. <laughs> um, unsolved. Unsolved murders. I. Honestly, can't believe we haven't done this already. We are on episode 39, and we yeah, haven't done Unsolved I, Murders. Is there yeah, something wrong with I us? <laughs> that was, that's why I asked. I was like, have we done Unsolved I actually had to go back and look through all our episodes I think to we've make done, sure. Like, I've done personal cases that happen to be Unsolved, but we haven't done oh, a yeah. theme as an we, And we did Unidentified Victims. Right. Which may be where our confusion yeah. came in. But we never did Unsolved Murders. I love an Unsolved Murder. And this... is so on theme because the Golden State Killer just came. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Well, okay. now, now now it may be solved. Yep. It's, you know? Now maybe ours will get solved. Mm-hmm. I will say mine is kind of a weird one. And you may not know where it'll end up, but it does end up in an Unsolved Murder. Okay. Okay? <laughs> As I said before we started rolling, I really hope you haven't heard of it before. I probably haven't. Well, you might have, because a few podcasts have covered it. Yeah. I guess I go first. And oh, okay. <laughs> I'm just going to jump right into it. Uh, this is the death of Ken Rex McElroy. Oh, I know it. What if I walked out right now? Aww. Ah, fuck this. No, I'm just kidding. I have no <laughs> you idea. don't know <laughs> it? Okay, good. So, Ken Rex McElroy. Was born in 1934 in Kansas. He was the penultimate of 16 children to parents Tony what, what and that, Mabel. What is that word you just said? Penultimate? Yeah. It, it means second to last. Aw, <laughs> <laughs> oh, bad. Penultimate. Penultimate. So his parents were sharecroppers that probably didn't have 
the time or energy to dote on their second to last child of Probably. 16. <laughs> oh my God. When he was a kid, he sustained a head injury after falling off the back of a hay wagon on the farm. Ooh. A steel plate was surgically implanted to repair the damage. That's how bad it was. In 19-whatever? 30-something. Oh, my God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Probably late 30s. So his head is now, like, box-shaped. <laughs> yeah, so because they just didn't shape they didn't, the steel. Yeah, they don't know it's how to just, shape it. They just got a piece of metal and just stuck it in there. <laughs> Though no one can say if Ken's life was shaped by this injury, it oh, is it was. <laughs> it is almost <laughs> certain that this incident only contributed negatively. <laughs> yeah, head injuries, man. Bad. By the time Ken McElroy was fifteen, he dropped out of school before he could complete the eighth grade. But think about that: fifteen, eighth grade. Those what? numbers don't Why line is up. He's so old in eighth grade. I because he probably got held back yeah. a bunch. Yeah. Plus, second to last kid, you don't even know. <laughs> you like, you don't care great, about that right, one. Right? Yeah. yeah <laughs> he was illiterate, which I don't even know how he got to the eighth grade. Yeah. Then. <laughs> Back then, I think they're just like, okay, next. Yeah, they're next. just they just plowing through. And he had turned into a mean and irritable teenager. McElroy mm, sounds like all teenagers. It kind of does. <laughs> McElroy, who had grown up to be a large man, weighing around 270 pounds, had black slicked back hair with thick sideburns and eyebrows and was an avid raccoon hunter. It's weird because he kind of looks like Elvis. <laughs> a real catch. Yep. According to reports, McElroy suffered another head injury when he was struck by a slab of concrete at a construction site. So, double whammy here. Yeah. McElroy began stealing livestock and committing other petty crimes to make money. He quickly became an alcoholic and was known as a womanizer with a knack for escaping the law. According well, to... Well, <laughs> at least he had a knack for something. <laughs> that was his talent. <laughs> According to McElroy's lawyer, Richard McFadden, he was generally charged with three to four felonies per year. So his so, lawyer was making bank on yeah. him. <laughs> he was charged 21 times with various crimes ranging from burglary to rape, but always escaped conviction. Jesus. McElroy did this mainly through witness intimidation and threats. Maybe I do know this story. <laughs> okay, keep going. Okay. Well... <laughs> okay. For decades, he took anything he wanted or needed from others, be it alcohol, gasoline, food, or antiques to resell. He never held a job, but would occasionally lease some of his farmland and participate in dog racing to make money. When stealing from or harassing people, McElroy was quick to draw his gun and fire. In one instance, McElroy shot a farmer named Romaine Henry twice in the stomach. Henry had been trying to chase the trespassing McElroy off of his property. McElroy successfully intimidated Henry by parking outside of his home over a hundred times and convincing others to lie to the court and testify that they had been with McElroy at the time and that he was innocent. I do know this one. He's no. the pig thief, right? No. He still pigs? No. No? Mm-mm. Are you sure? He I'm sure. little pigs? I didn't say anything about pigs. Okay. Skidmore residents were so fearful of the unhinged McElroy that his rampages went largely unreported or punished. 
By the time he was in his mid-30s, Ken McElroy had fathered more than 10 children with multiple women. Were they... The majority of whom were underage. Right. They were like... There was like one who was like a 13-year-old? Yeah. Is that him? Mm-hmm. You'll That's see. That's he stole some figs. Uh, maybe. <laughs> I mean, he stole livestock. That was one of okay. his things. <laughs> I don't know why that's the thing that's sticking with me. I know. Why like, is that of all the things? <laughs> I just love pigs. <laughs> Someone who steals pigs. It's like, what the fuck? He was accused by two former wives of domestic abuse. Twice, he was accused of raping adolescent girls, but then he forced them into marrying him so that they couldn't testify against him. Aww. One True of love. Yeah, right. That's how Mike got... Isn't that how you guys are getting? No? Yeah. No. (laughs) One of these girls was Trina McLeod, who he met in 1971 when she was 12 years old. He began stalking Trina and would even track her down on the school bus going home. Because she's 12. Because she's 12. Maybe that's a hint that you should not be a, like. Right. Unless you're also a 12 year old, (laughs) maybe you shouldn't be trying to date her. By the time Trina was 14, she was pregnant with McElroy's child. She dropped out of school when she was in ninth grade and moved in with McElroy and his third wife, Alice. Just think about your 14-year-old body. I know. And then think about... Oh, it's so gross. And you're just like, why am I getting acne and all this stuff? And also now I'm having a baby. Mm -hmm. Not good. And here's this guy's wife. Yeah. It's like now I'm living with my baby daddy and his wife and they're both in their late 30s. Yeah. Like, when I was 14, too, I, I was like... I don't need anyone. Now I'm an adult. I'm a teenager. Mm-hmm. But now it's like, little babies. Yeah. And I'm sure he had kids the same age as her. Probably. Yeah. Just two weeks after Trina gave birth to her child, both Alice and Trina tried to escape to Trina's parents' home. McElroy quickly tracked them down and waited until the house was empty. He then broke in, shot the family's dog dead, and burned the McLeod house to the ground. When Trina's parents filed charges of arson, assault, and statutory rape, McElroy knew exactly how he was going to escape jail time and quickly divorced Alice. He was indicted in June of 1973 and posted the $2,500 bail. Trina and her baby had been placed with a foster family in Maryville, Missouri, for their safety. Did I say this takes place in Skidmore, Missouri? Because it does. (laughs) You mentioned Skidmore. I mentioned Skidmore, but not Missouri. Um, We can make a guess. Yeah. (laughs) So McElroy quickly found where Trina and the baby was. Were? Wouldn't you hide them in like another state? I don't think you can place them in a different state if they're in foster care. I think it's a state agency. Yeah, I think it is a state. But God, wouldn't that be great? Yeah, that would be awesome. If well, they should go into like witness protection program. It should be. That's what they should do. Should be like witness protection, except they can keep their name. Except they can keep it. It's fine. He parked his truck outside of the foster home for hours at a time. He threatened the foster family, saying he would kidnap their biological daughter from her school and that they could trade, quote, girl for girl. Eventually, Trina went with McElroy and was forced to marry him in 1974. Her parents gave their consent for the underage marriage after McElroy threatened to burn down their new home. Jesus Christ. Right? <laughs> I'm going to burn it down again! <laughs> and they were like, fuck, we know yeah. he will. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> God, I guess so. God, just take her. After years of McElroy's assaults, robberies, arsons, and threats, the townspeople of Skinmore were living in constant fear. 
Even law enforcement officers were apprehensive to confront or interact with McElroy, as it was common knowledge that he was always armed. The town marshal resigned and became a cable installer after <laughs> McElroy put a gun to his head during an altercation. Imagine having someone be that threatening. That right? You're like, I guess I'll quit my great your career. Your job's a marshal. And just install some cable. Yeah. I mean, I... I'd just move. Yeah. (laughs) This left McElroy to terrorize the town as he wished with virtually no consequences. (laughs) A new marshal didn't come? No, no one came. (laughs) Now there's just one marshal. They just didn't have one. (laughs) It seemed that the law, the courts, and the police had failed Skidmore. In 1980, one of McElroy's daughters was caught trying to steal candy from a local shop owned by Bo and Lois Bowenkamp. When the child was asked to return what she had taken, she denied the attempted theft and an argument ensued. McElroy was told about the incident and began stalking and threatening the Bowenkamp family. To ease the harassment, Lois Bowenkamp told McElroy that it was a misunderstanding, but that didn't stop McElroy from tormenting the couple. And it's so stupid, too, because the kid was like four, so it didn't have to be a big deal. Four-year-olds are going to take kid. Mm -hmm. I mean... All it had to be was, hey, girl, like, you have to pay for that or you can't have it. And she could have mm-hmm. put it down and left. Yeah, but, but she... Because she's her... from this crazy fucking family. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. she, of course, the dad is going to... Any other family, it would have been fine. Yeah, and Any she other was family. probably like, whatever, my daddy steals all the time, yeah. I could steal, you yeah. know? Yeah. I mean, yeah, she probably was told to... I mean, I'm sure he would have been, he you know, just take some candy. Yeah, you want some it. candy? Take it. It's yeah, right there. Exactly. It's like... At one point, girl. he essentially kidnapped the couple... Forcing them into his truck and firing his gun in the air to rattle them. Well, that'll do it. (laughs) Lois became so traumatized that multiple neighbors would let her stay with them on a rotating schedule so McElroy couldn't find her. I just don't understand. What did he want from this? Uh, He wanted them to be like, fine, she gets all the... Because at that point, I'd be like... Look, your daughter can have as much candy whenever she wants. Yeah. Please leave us alone. Yeah, but he just wanted revenge. But he just, she was yeah. just a bully, you know? Things escalated when McElroy showed up to the store with a handgun and shot Bo Bowenkamp in the neck. Unfortunately, he yes, he left. Thank God. Unfortunately for McElroy, Bowenkamp survived. Oh, okay. <laughs> and charges of attempted murder were filed against him. McElroy was convicted of assault but was freed on bail to await his appeal. Almost immediately after being released, McElroy took his rifle down to a local bar and started telling people what he planned to do to the 70-year-old Bowen camp. This scared bar patrons into action. No, this is the best part. (laughs) A group of townspeople signed a complaint to the court saying that McElroy had violated the conditions of his release. They consulted Sheriff Estes as to how they should protect themselves from retaliation, and Estes told them to form a neighborhood watch. On the morning of July 10, 1981, the day of the court hearing to decide whether to revoke McElroy's bond, Skidmore residents met with the sheriff at a local Legion Hall to discuss protection tactics and who should attend the hearing. Sheriff Estes told the concerned citizens that they should avoid confronting McElroy. Then, the group found out that the hearing had been postponed. Mm. At the same time as the meeting was going on, McElroy and Trina were drinking at the D&G Tavern. Keep in mind, this is the morning. <laughs> well, you need a morning whiskey. 
And then a second morning with Yes. And then maybe a third. Or maybe they were having mimosas. <laughs> I don't Who's think they were judge? having mimosas. <laughs> Word got around to the group that McElroy was nearby and they decided to take action. Sheriff Estes left the meeting and drove out of town before the townspeople traveled en masse to the bar. My stomach's growling. Can you hear it? No. <laughs> okay. If you hear it on this, it'll just be good. It'll be background noise. Yeah. Like, and then what happened? <laughs> when McElroy found himself in the middle of a packed bar, he decided to leave and ordered a six pack of beer before walking out and getting into his pickup truck. How does that happen from a bar? So, in, <laughs> I'll take this. Thank okay. you. So, in some states, especially in the Midwest and South states, you can get, they will fill you up bottles. And then you can buy a six-pack of... Really? So you can buy basically on-tap things that they'll put in bottles for you. Oh, okay. And, yeah. Or, I mean, some bars are also liquor stores. Like, Mm -hmm. the West Milford one is a bar and liquor store because it's super class A. Uh You know what I mean? So so you can buy, like, cans. Yes. Yeah, okay. Then, in clear view of at least 46 people, someone shot Ken McElroy through the windshield of his Chevy Silverado. Hells yeah. <laughs> he was hit twice, once each by two different rifles. Trina McElroy had been sitting in the passenger seat when McElroy was shot, but she was not injured. Not one person called an ambulance. <laughs> <laughs> How great. Oh, my God. You know who it was? You're telling a, a more detailed story. I didn't know these details. Mm-hmm. Gareth Reynolds told this story. Yeah. On a My Favorite Murder. Mm-hmm. And he specifically, he paid a lot of, tr- you know, you focus on different things mm-hmm. with your story. He focused a lot on the pigs, which is why I think I was <laughs> That's like, why you just the pig thief. Yeah. But I remember this part clearly. <laughs> yeah. He was just like, and nobody called. <laughs> no one called the ambulance. <laughs> when Sheriff Estes arrived at the scene, McElroy was dead. And no bystanders were present. Oh man. And the whole town. <laughs> they left. all just left. <laughs> the only person who admitted to seeing the killer was Trina. Investigators determined that one shooter had been standing behind the truck, while another stood down the street about half a block away. With the witnesses denying any knowledge of the identity of the shooter, the DA did not press charges for the death of Ken McElroy. The whole town was just like, what? What yeah. happened? Yeah. He was shot. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, bless his heart. Oh, that poor man. In 1984, Trina filed a $6 million wrongful death suit against the town of Skidmore, oh. Sheriff Estes, the mayor of Skidmore, and Del Clement, who Trina claimed was the shooter, but he was cleared by police. The lawsuit was settled for $17,600, with all parties agreeing to avoid court fees. Mm -hmm. Trina moved out of town and remarried before dying of cancer on her 55th birthday. Although, man, to have a tombstone that reads, it's kind of my dream (laughs) to be like August 19th to August 19th. Yeah, that is kind of cool. But like August 19th, you know. A hundred years from now. Yeah. Once I'm ready to go, it's exactly like I'll hold out to my birthday. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Now, nearly 40 years after the murder, residents of Skidmore have not broken their silence about the perpetrator or the possibility of a pact to kill McElroy. 
Skinmore only had around 430 residents. We should go live there. Sounds great. Let's not. (laughs) (laughs) Meaning that a little over 10% of the town witnessed a man being shot to death and agreed not to tell anyone else about it. They're all just like, do, 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 do. What? What was that? (laughs) Oh, I don't know. Since since his death, McElroy's ex-wives and widow have gone back on their previous statements and actions against him. One resident in an interview with 60 Minutes said, quote, You take the lawyer, you take the courts. It wasn't the town that killed McElroy. It was them. That's the way I feel. When Lois Bowenkamp was asked if she was glad that Ken McElroy was gone, she said, quote, I would say we're all resting a lot better now. Aww, okay. <laughs> but it's just, it's just crazy because... You know, they say you can't get away with a crime if even one other person knows. Yeah. The whole town knows. I mean, the whole town witnessed this and not one person would throw anyone under the bus. Well, yeah, he's a terrible guy. Yeah, he's awful. I mean, it's just like, it, it just makes me angry at the like, how did he not go away? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's crazy how people like that. I'm currently also writing an ethics project mm-hmm. about the incarceration in America and mm-hmm. different problems. So this There's is like, so it just hits me and I'm just like, mm-hmm. it's like we have people in jail for drugs, but this right. guy would not get put away. Right. And I hope I wrote a whole, I'm doing, it's like a project with other people. Mm-hmm. They're all very smart and very lucky. Thank God. Mm-hmm. But I was, thank You're God. You're not just carrying all yeah. the God, weight. Jesus. It's all like different ethics views. So I have consequentialism, mm-hmm. which is like, it decides if an action is morally wrong based solely on the consequences. consequences yeah. So like incarceration of people right now is wrong because consequences aren't good. Mm-hmm. But I was talking about the three strike law and I was like, people have, I don't even know enough about weed to, how much is a, is a joint? They have a joint on I them. no idea. Yeah. <laughs> they have a joint. I was going to be like three ounces. Do you yeah. weigh that in ounces? We'll find out when we move to California. Exactly. <laughs> we'll figure it out. You know, for justice reasons. <laughs> um, research. Research. And so I, it's like someone gets arrested with a joint twice and then they go to jail for like 20 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because they smoke pot. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, but S- fucking John Wayne Gacy yeah. rapes some person and gets out in two years. Yeah. And goes on to kill all those people or whatever. Yeah. It's stupid. It's, it's insane. Yeah. It's insane. Or people get sent, people rape someone and get another 20, and get mm-hmm. also 20 years. It's like, so now you have someone who had an ounce of pot on him going yeah. to jail for the same amount of time as raping someone. Mm-hmm. Which is telling people... That's fucking rape people. It's just 20 years. I mean, it's so in my thing, I was like, you could just make it a fine if you really don't want. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if you're worried about smoking in public, fine. You can smoke in your own homes. Yeah. You can do drugs in your own homes. If you do it in public, you're going to be fined a lot of money. Yeah. This is your co-host, Austin, here to tell you a little bit about Studio. Studio is a headphone company based in Sweden that offers revolutionary wireless headphones that deliver high-quality audio. As a picky musician and music enthusiast with a busy schedule, I love that their Regent model is portable and has over 24 hours of battery life. They connect to any device with Bluetooth, but they can also be connected to a standard auxiliary cord. Studio offers several different earbud models as well, and right now you can use the code HIGHHORROR, 
that's H-I-G-H-H-O-R-R-O-R, to get 15% off any purchase with free shipping worldwide. Visit studio.com to use the code HIHORROR and get your pair now. I haven't heard of this one, so I'm Oh, excited. the Jennings 8, you haven't? Yeah, no. It's also called the Jeff Davis 8. I haven't. Okay, good. I've heard nothing with well, eight in it. It's going to be a real bummer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> There's no fun ending like the town getting Aww. together and killing the bad guy. Yeah, and it, it was kind of fun. It was fun. <laughs> I liked it. It's fun and interesting. Let's make a movie. We'll put that on hold. I think we'll there, was the a, there was a movie. Well, we'll make a better one. <laughs> we have a great budget for it. <laughs> $5. Stick puppets. <laughs> We just slide five dollars yeah. across Universal's <laughs> like thing. with a note. Make yep. the movie. <laughs> okay, so mine is the Jennings Eight or the Jeff Davis Eight. There's a book that I kind of want to uh, read. I haven't mm-hmm. though. It's called Murder in the Bayou. Ooh, I just love the word Bayou. Bayou. It's all dark and blue and mysterious. Mm-hmm. Also, this these murders have like they really hit me. Like when I first got into murder, I was just like looking because. I got into a whole unsolved kick like a year and a half ago. And so I was just listening to, po- like, I would just type in like unsolved, unsolved murders mm-hmm. podcast. So I was listening, I think, Thinking Sideways, mm-hmm. I think does, yes, they do a podcast about this one. Mm-hmm. It's a good episode. I don't really remember it, but they set up a map, which is really interesting. If you want to look at that, if anyone wants to pull that up, it just shows where the bodies are mm-hmm. and how they're connected to certain police officers that I'll get into later and like certain places. They're all kind of around a specific area. Mm-hmm. I'll go into where they're found, but they're all on found on like specific streets. So it shows you how close together they really were. Ooh, okay. It's still the most pro pro pro. Am I having a stroke? The most prolific unsolved murder in the state of Louisiana. Jennings, Louisiana is a small town of only 10,000 people. There were eight primary victims from 2005 to 2009. So I'm going to tell you about them first. Mm -hmm. May 20th, 2005, Loretta Lewis was found floating in a river. She was found by a fisherman who had said, and I quote, it had come up on the news that someone had stolen some mannequins. So I thought that this was one of the mannequins ending up in the water somehow. I saw flies, he said, and mannequins don't attract flies. No. Imagine being like, oh, it's definitely that mannequin. Yeah, and then Because mannequins have been stolen. Mm -hmm. And then being like, oh, my God. Who steals mannequins? I don't know. (laughs) I want more information. I'm I'm going to do a separate episode (laughs) on the mannequin thief. She had yet to be claimed missing by the police. They think she was a runaway? Well, no one had claimed her missing because she had died so soon to Mm -hmm. where she disappeared. She had a really close relationship with her brother and her best friend had said it was strange like for her not to hear from her, Mm -hmm. but it had only been like one night. So it wasn't, you know, it could have been anything. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? She was an adult. The ages are somewhere. I I don't know why I didn't put them there. But these are all, they're all 17 to 30. Okay. So June 18th, 2005, Ernestine Patterson was found in a canal. She worked at a Wendy's Mm -hmm. and was survived by her husband and four children. Four children. Oh, yeah. my gosh. I put all their family information here. Uh, it was going to be sad for a little bit. Yeah. March 18th, 2007, Kristen Lopez was also found in the canal and was survived by her loving mother. Uh, I saw all these obituaries. Uh-huh. How sad. I was like, why am I doing this <laughs> to myself? May 17th, 2007, Whitney. It's spelled W-H-I-T-N-E-I. Mm. I know it's still pronounced Whitney, but I like that spelling. Yeah. Du Bois was found in an intersection. She was the mother of a five-year-old little girl who was at her grandmother's when she disappeared. 
and had made her a Mother's Day card. And during the days of her disappearance, she would wait by the window and say, I'm waiting so I can give Mommy her card. So that's a little sadness for you. That's very sad. May 29th, 2008, Lachsonia, L-A-C-O-N-I-A, Brown's body was found on a road leading to a shooting range. She had a little boy. September 11th, 2008, Crystal Zeno was found on a road. She was married and had a little girl, and she was working at Sonic at the time of her death. November 11th, 2008, Brittany Gary was found near Boudreau Hotel and was reported missing by families. She was ultimately found by families and friends who were searching for her. Uh. August 19th, my birthday, <laughs> 2009. <laughs> it's about to get sad. <laughs> Nicole, which is also spelled, it's N-E-C-O-L-E. Oh. Still Nicole, right? Nicole. Nicole? <laughs> Guillory was found on the same road as Brown and was married. She also worked at Sonic. And so I gave the details of their families mm-hmm. first because they were all also drug addicts and sex workers. Oh, okay. And I just That's wanted someone to, to yeah. fucking care about them, mm-hmm. you know? See, I was thinking as you were going through it, I was like... Wow, whoever's the killer eats a lot of fast food. Yeah. (laughs) So Patterson and Brown had their throat slits. All others were far too decomposed to have a cause of death, but the guess was asphyxiation. Mm -hmm. So they were either like in a river or so like very personal. Yes, I have to face Mm -hmm. them. You know. Yeah. There's also some weird details because they're all connected. Mm -hmm. All of these girls. All of the women knew each other, and they went to. The same place, the Boudreau, which is like a scummy kind of hotel. Oh, yeah. And when you look at the map from, maybe we can put it on social media. Mm-hmm. When you look at the map from Thinking Sideways, the Boudreau is the center. And it's all around, all the bodies are found around oh, wow. the Boudreau. Yeah. So one of Lewis's children was cousin with Du Bois. Patterson was the manager at Wendy's where Gary worked. Lopez was the cousin to Gary, and her husband was friends with Zeno's husband. Brown's best friend was Gary. So oh when gosh. when I was talking about how Brown, whose body was found on the road, she had the little boy, she was found on the shooting range. Mm-hmm. May 29th, she died. November 11th, her best friend, Brittany Gary, was found. Oh, wow. Yeah. That was the second to last mm-hmm. murder. Um, Brittany Gary's mother also claimed to know all of the victims personally. And she claimed that they all knew of each other. So they weren't strangers in the least. Mm-hmm. And Gilroy's husband was also friends with Lopez's. So Lopez, her husband, was friends with a few of the other husbands. Mm-hmm. In December of 2008, a multi-agency investigation team, M-A-I-T, I cut and pasted that, <laughs> was brought in from, like, it was a federal thing. Mm-hmm. And law enforcement agencies were formed to solve the killings. So at first it was... Of course, the saddest and most upsetting thing. It's a prostitute. Eh, she died. That's a shame. Mm-hmm. Moving on kind yeah. of situation. And then there were three, and then there were four, and then now and it's they a serial killer. Now they can't ignore right. it. Right. Yeah. At first, it's like, well, one pimp gets out of hand and kills mm-hmm. the prostitute. Even though some of these women, they were all, their families all said, yes, at one point they were sex workers, at one point they were drug addicts, but a lot of them weren't at the time of death. Oh. The first huh. girl, the Loretta Lewis girl, mm-hmm. she looks like like any middle-aged mom, like a 40-year-old mm-hmm. mom. Like she's got short blonde yeah. hair. She's like a lot of them do. A lot of them, one of them, and I'm not going to remember which one, but y- if you look up this case, mm-hmm. first thing that happens is you see all their faces 
Mm-hmm. They're still alive. It's not morgue photos, thank God. But one of them is this beautiful, I mean, they were all beautiful, but one of them is this beautiful African-American girl with braids, mm-hmm. and she looks like the nicest, sweetest. Mm-hmm. If I had seen her on the street and needed direction, she's the girl I'd go to. You know what I mean? Yeah. She just looks so nice, so wholesome. Mm-hmm. It's a shame that someone would see her dead body and be like, but she was a prostitute at one point. Yeah. So who cares? Or she was asking for it. It's What years? Does this take place like um, two thousand five to two thousand nine? Oh my god! Yeah. So the wow. last victim, August nineteenth, two thousand nine. So it's recent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The wow. last victim was Nicole. Mm-hmm. She was the one who um, was found on the same road as Brown, mm-hmm. which is crazy because Brown was a whole year earlier. So this yeah. guy is just using recycling dumping mm-hmm. grounds, and because he's waiting so long, no one's there to see him. Yeah. They're not staking it out anymore. At the time that this was formed, the federal government, only seven were found. The last body hadn't been found yet. Mm-hmm. So there was a reward for $35,000. Mm-hmm. Any evidence leading to an arrest would be rewarded that. The government upped it to $85,000. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I was like, yay, yeah. A little bit of importance for these poor girls. <laughs> and so they start searching for the serial killer nothing really turns up eventually another body's found they don't know what to do so there's this guy who definitely did it (laughs) in my mind (laughs) slander slander Mm -hmm. but um so his name is frankie richard and he owns a local strip club there so Mm -hmm. jennings louisiana have you been to louisiana ever i have Never been to so, Louisiana. There are great parts of Louisiana, and like, then there's bad parts. Like Nolens. Like Nolens. <laughs> yeah. You know, you go by LSU, beautiful. Mm-hmm. I want to go to Nolens, but I hear that as soon as the plane lands, you gain 10 pounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you have to expect, you have to go in there thinking, you have to lose 10 pounds beforehand <laughs> so that when you come back, be, yeah. because you're just going to eat fried balls of dough. Yes. All the time. <laughs> And drink. <laughs> yes, and drink. And so there are really great hip parts of Louisiana. Mm-hmm. And then there's Band bad playing. parts. And that's <laughs> yeah. it. It's the same with, like, Alabama. I would mm-hmm. say the same thing. Like, those states around there, there's really, really great parts. And then there's not. There's not, like, in-between s- suburby parts. Maybe yeah. right by the cities. But So this was one of those places that, like, it had scummy hotels. Mm-hmm. It had strip clubs. It, it wasn't a rich place by any means. These were all people living paycheck to paycheck. It makes me even more mad that they're taking advantage. You know what I mean? It's like these girls, like they were just working for their families. Yeah. Doing what they needed to do. Working shitty jobs. Yeah. Nobody wants to work at Sonic. No. Oh my God. And Sonic, do they still roller skate out? I don't think they roller skate anymore, but you still got to walk out. Yeah, I know. And when you go to Sonic, yeah. And when you go to Sonic, you're like, this is great. I don't have to leave my car. But then you're like, these workers now have to leave the fucking restaurant. Come out. Sometimes when it's raining and I see people at the Sonic, I'm like, Go fuck yourself. Yeah. That in the rain, because there's a drive through You could, if you yeah. were like, I just love Sonic Burgers, mm-hmm. you could just go through the drive through It's like you're making them walk out in the rain yeah, to give sucks. you burgers. So he was like friendly with the police. He was a drug addict. He made so much money with his strip club that he was part of the towns. He was like the big honcho for criminal mm. enterprises. Uh-huh. You know? So Richard, he described Jenning when the killings began it was wide open drugs prostitution the bars the crooked cops 
So since the 1990s, there have been nearly 20 unsolved homicide cases, including the Jennings 8. Oh, wow. 20. That's a lot. For a town that has 10,000 yeah. people. Their police are just not doing They're anything? They're not doing anything. Are so, they just going to Sonic all the time? Yeah, I mean, I, who knows? <laughs> so police and sheriff misconduct and illegal unprofessionalism is reported all the time. Never, no one ever gets fired, nothing. Because you're reporting to the police. Who are Who do you crooked. call when yeah. the police are crooked? You can't call the police again. Yeah. Crime scenes are regularly tampered with. Evidence goes missing. Illegal highway stops are routine. So they just stop people on the highway and search mm-hmm. them so they can arrest them. And they even do drug trafficking. They'll arrest you with whatever, a bag of pot, and then mm-hmm. they'll resell it. The cops will uh, resell it. Mm-hmm. Over the years, different suspects have been even charged with the murder, but mm-hmm. none have stuck. Richard being the main one. He and the sheriff, the chief of police, years ago, I think at the beginning of this murder thing, mm-hmm. the chief of police got fired because him and Richard were stealing drugs from the, whatever they call that, mm-hmm. where they put evidence. The yeah, evidence, the evidence locker, yeah. So the families of the women all said that they knew something was wrong before mm-hmm. the time of death. So they believe, the families believe, that local law enforcement are behind the killings. Oh. In her final days, one of the eight, the final victim, Nicole Guillory, told her mother not to prepare her birthday cake because she wouldn't be alive to eat it. <gasps> she also placed her four kids with family members and warned her mother that she wouldn't tell her any information on who was making her paranoid because she wanted to keep her safe. Mm. Oh, you know what? No. It was in the 1990s. That Richard and the sheriff at the time. 300 pounds of marijuana. What? I don't know why I put that at the end. But 300 pounds of marijuana. That's me they and st- a little bit more. What the fuck? <laughs> Who needs that? Yeah. Because they want to resell it. Yeah. And then what would happen is, I was reading this whole thing. I would, I, I could do a whole, there's so much information on this cover-up issue. I could do a whole episode on it. But there's this whole story about how they would resell to like small town high schoolers they'd be mm-hmm. like here's enough for oh, a joint gosh. and then they would tell other officers they'd be like yeah. this guy's suspected with weed and then they would get back their weed when other officers would confiscate mm-hmm. it and then they'd just resell, resell it again it. Oh. so it was just the same marijuana over and mm-hmm. over and over again yeah so a lot of people think it was this richer guy doing it for the police mm-hmm. but there's just no evidence because the police for the first few crime scenes they didn't do they didn't try to look for DNA. They didn't do rape kits. Ugh. They didn't do anything. And then eventually when it was like this big deal and you know people were reporting on it and stuff they started to but there was no DNA. Mm-hmm. Kristen Lopez, March 18, 2007. They started doing rape kits mm-hmm. kind of around that time for them but there was no DNA but there could have been before that they wouldn't even know they didn't even do rape kits for yeah. the first girl's body. Ugh. What the fuck? They're just bad. Yeah. Bad cops. They weren't taking fingerprints. They weren't. I mean, I understand that the first woman was found floating in a river, mm-hmm. but the second girl was found in a canal, mm-hmm. like a dried up canal. Oh, dried up. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like she yeah. was on the bed. Oh, okay. So, like, so she wasn't in yeah, the water. Yeah, she wasn't in the water. Mm-hmm. You could do fingerprints. You could do. It's yeah. just They just sent her to autopsy and then we're like, well, that sucks. Whatever. Whatever. Bye. Yeah. All eight of them still unsolved. No mm-hmm. one's ever. There have been three people over the course, but two of them were just like low life drug dealer mm-hmm. ask people and then there's the Richard guy who is known to be a little rough. He's known to have guns. He's mm-hmm. been in bar fights. He has a whole a whole rap sheet. Ooh. But I didn't want to go into it because yeah. it's like it's still just spec I could say it's, yeah. I could say a hundred things about how Richard's a bad guy, but there's no evidence that he there's no evidence it, yeah. that he did it. it. There's not even he knew all of them. He was like, yeah. And you can see 
on that map, I think it puts him, for one, it marks certain cops on mm-hmm. the map. So it's like, this is where a police officer was and they died right, right there. Mm-hmm. But also it, it puts him there oh. and it's he's always in the area. It's not yeah. like for one murder he was out of town or mm-hmm. anything like that. So he's Yeah, he's always there. And the fact wow. that the last victim was like, don't make my birthday cake, I won't be alive. Mm-hmm. It makes you think that maybe they were sending out these women who were known sex workers and drug addicts to do deals with people so that they could arrest these mm-hmm. these criminals or whatever, oh. sending them out. Hmm. And then they killed them because something went wrong or because they found out they were just reselling the drugs. You know what I mean? Maybe yeah. maybe they went to someone and were like, oh, I want to buy some, let's go back mm-hmm. to my crack thing. I'm going to buy some crack. And then that guy was like, yeah, I got it from the cops so you know it's good. Or something yeah. like that happened where it's like, what the fuck? Or maybe since they all knew each other, mm-hmm. maybe one or a few of them witnessed something. Right. And then it was just like, and then now they all they, know about it. They were just tying up, the cops were tying up loose yeah. ends. Like, we got to kill everyone who knows in, about it. In Lewis's, the first woman who was found, her best friend, I only found this one, one place. The best friend who was like, I was worried about her. They think that was Lopez. Mm-hmm. Oh. Hmm. There was one place that was like, we're pretty sure it was Lopez, but there's no quote. It doesn't say her name. It's not like, I see the quote everywhere who was like, I was worried, but it never says like her best friend, Megan. Like it never says who it is. And in one place, I think, what's that website? Crime Sleuthers or. Oh yeah. It's, it's a sleuthing. Yeah. 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 They do a great job. If you go on, Mm -hmm. they, it. it, Web sleuths. Yeah. Web sleuths. Mm -hmm. It, It tells the victim's name. This is where I found most of my nitty-gritty information and then it tells everything their mm-hmm. their race their they were all different races their race their whatever how they were found the details of their body and then it keeps going and going and going and then in red letters it'll be like like a few of them were like wendy's it'd be like in red so that you could see you could go through and be like that's mm-hmm. in red that's in red that's in red they're all wendy's you know yeah. what i mean they're all sonic they're mm-hmm. all you know oh friends with lopez's husband they'd mm-hmm. all be in like green so it's, wow. like, easy to see. Yeah. So that's the website where it said that her best friend, because it said, like, in blue, her best friend was Lopez. And then in Lopez's place, it was, like, her best friend was Lewis. Yeah. But I didn't see it anywhere else. Wow. But it's just something <gasps> like that. They all knew each other. I mean, they yeah. all lived within, like, a few months. Mi- I mean, it's not a big town. Mm-hmm. It's just crazy. Yeah. Especially that it's still unsolved and there's so many bodies. Right. Imagine eight rich white women. Oh, my God. Everyone would freak eight out. rich cheerleaders. Mm-hmm. Teenage cheer... Not even rich. Just eight pretty young white. cheerleaders, white mm-hmm. cheerleaders going missing. Yeah. Or ending up dead. Everyone would be talking yeah. about it. The fact that you never heard about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? That says... You know? Exactly. It's like, people don't know about it. No. And it goes by two different names, which I hate. Mm-hmm. The Jeff Davis and the Jefferson... Or the... Jennings. The Jennings is the town. Jeff Davis is... Who's Jeff Davis? I, th- I think maybe <laughs> it's a street or something like that. I don't know why. I couldn't I like really find it. Jennings 8 Jennings is 8. better. Jennings is the town. Why yeah, wouldn't it be why anything other it? than that? Yeah. But it's oh, sad. Very sad. I like that I picked a lighthearted one. <laughs> yeah, you should have gone last. <laughs> uh, and think... then the whole town rose up and they killed that Richard guy. <laughs> yes. And then we both just end the same way. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just reread your ending. Yeah, <laughs> they all shot him 
fucking dead. Remember, they <laughs> shot him, and then they were like, we're not going to tell. It's our secret. Ha, ha, ha. Yep. Ding, dong. The witch is dead. <laughs> witch, the witch, the witch, the witch. Yep. You know, that whole thing played. Exactly. God, good story. Fine. Yeah. I'll pick an... Well, maybe I'll pick a happy one next week. We'll see. Well, we'll we see. don't know what our topic we is. We have no idea. <laughs> we just go tweet with us. the flow. <laughs> yeah, you could tweet us at Hell High yeah, Horror. If we, if we haven't picked it, but... Yeah. Which sometimes we don't. Sometimes it's like a week I and know. I'm like, shit, do we have a topic? Yeah. <laughs> well, even if you have a topic suggestion. Yeah. Maybe um, we'll do it in two weeks. Or in yeah. Two, we could we'll put it just, on our list. We have a little list. Yeah. Um, make it good. Yeah. Or you could email us at <laughs> HelenHighHorror at gmail.com. Yes. Include your stories. Yeah. <laughs> we want more of your stories. Yeah. We can't ever do any. I know. Because no one sends any. Yeah. Even if it's like. I feel like some people are probably like, well, I sent mine in for My Favorite Murder. Like, you can send us the same story. Yeah. That's fine. We'll Sometimes My Favorite Murder will not pick your Yeah, story. exactly. So it's okay. We are second you can tier. Re- yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we are much less choosy. Exactly. So. The likelihood is we will read it. Yeah, unless it's really, really, really bad. Yeah. Even then we might read it. Yeah, well, you. probably. <laughs> <laughs> like we said, Twitter is Hell High Horror. Mm-hmm. Email is HelenHighHorror at gmail.com. Everything mm-hmm. else, we are Helen High Horror. Mm-hmm. That's on our Instagram and Facebook and all that jazz. I'm Austin Castelli. I'm Witch Tips on Tumblr. I'm Rapparata Hattersley. <laughs> I was going to say Anne. I'm Rapparata Hattersley. Uh, I'm Rapparata Anne on everything. Yes. And I appreciate people following. I feel like I'm getting a lot of followers on Instagram. Mm-hmm. This must be the only way. I don't know how <laughs> else I would get them. So thank you. Yeah. You can go. Oh, I'm just a girl on her bacon. On Tumblr. On Tumblr. Yes. I'm also making a new Tumblr, but it's in the really? works. I'm going to try writing. Oh, cool. I'm going to write a little bit. Yeah. Because there, there are some jobs that are interesting, but it's always like, send us a writing sample. It's like, mm-hmm. I don't actually have official writing samples. Yeah. So I think I'm going to write for a while. Okay. And maybe I'll just do that as a fun little extracurricular. Yeah, that so would be So when cool. I get that set up, I'll Won't let people tell know. tell you, yeah. I don't know what it's going to be yet. It might be fashion. I like fashion. <laughs> yeah. This is how you incorporate all your Harry Potter clothes <laughs> without looking like an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> Spoiler alert, there is no way. There is a way. Because <laughs> my fashion is kind of like half cutesy, half. Well, I like what you're wearing now. Oh, Even when you hello. came in, I was like, oh, look at her. This is a pajama. <laughs> it's a gray onesie. Yes. With a jumpsuit. Would with be. a pouch in the yeah. front. It has bees, bees on, on it, it. And she's wearing it with a leather jacket. And a necklace. Three, a necklace that's three necklaces. Yep. <laughs> and uh, some sneakers. Yeah. And I liked it too. I was yeah. like, I think I look great. Because <laughs> I saw it and I was like, this is so cute. I could just wear it as a jumpsuit. Yeah. Like... It's also really comfortable. But I'm sure it is. Also, the yeah. straps adjust, so, like, I can make it lower for, like, mm-hmm. sexy moves. <laughs> or you could, like, tie it up tight, and it'd be, like, just, like, you know. Yeah. I like it. I didn't wear it as pajamas last night. <laughs> it is clean. But yes. I just like that there's bees on it. Yes, there are. There are bees I on it. I don't know why. There's just bees. no reason. There's just bees. I, They're just so yeah, cute. They're be, just, they just do that nowadays. Yeah. They just put random animals Prints are in. Prints are in. Yeah, they are. That's all I saw from Fashion Week. Prints and fucking... <laughs> jeans that don't really fit yeah it's like i can't really wear those because my ass is so big and so are my (laughs) thighs so like i'd have to get like 
size 75 jeans. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I can't do, to like, the make it girlfriend baggy. cut, yeah. boyfriend cut jeans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Whatever. What else? <laughs> Nobody cares about this. No. They've already stopped listening. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> okay. Um, that's it for that's this it. week. That's all she right? wrote. Okay. Okay. We'll talk to you next week. Next week. Bye. Bye. Grand Canyon University, an affordable private Christian university, is one of the largest and fastest growing universities in the country, offering more than 270 programs online. In addition to federal grants and aid, GCU's online students received nearly $130 million in institutional scholarships in 2022. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu slash myoffer to see the scholarships you may qualify for.